Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where a couple pastor scholars open up the scriptures, a seasonally appropriate text based on the Revised Common Lectionary, and dig into it and offer uh, observations and insights and sermon starter ideas uh, for your edification, equipping, and enjoyment. I'm your host, John Drury. I teach systematic theology and spiritual formation for Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University. And this week's text is Luke chapter 14, verses 1 and 7 through 14. So 1 and then jumping to 7 through 14. This is for the, uh, let's see, 12th Sunday after Epiphany. And so this is uh, for uh, September 1st, although it'll uh, drop a week um, before that. And my special guest this week is a first-time guest, Elaine Bernius. Um, Elaine uh, is a longtime friend of mine. I appreciate her a ton, and I love digging into the scriptures with her. She teaches uh, biblical studies, specifically Old Testament and Hebrew, for the School of Theology and Ministry here at Indiana Wesleyan University. She teaches primarily undergraduates, Hebrew and uh, OT classes and Old Testament survey and New Testament survey, some too. She's a very popular teacher. You'll catch her uh, passion and clarity and excitement and engagement. I, she's just a blast to talk with. And and we've uh, we whenever we've uh, been preaching sermons, we'll often find ourselves uh, chatting about our texts and learning uh, together. So the thought of getting a chance to share uh, her with all of you uh, was a true delight. So yeah, so uh, we'll jump in. Uh, Make sure to uh, uh, subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. And uh, yeah, make sure to get the word out on social media and all that business. And But in the meantime, we hope that you will enjoy the show. do this. Uh, Luke 14, verses 1, and then 7 through 14. Would you be willing to read? And then I'll say a prayer after that, and then we'll jump in. Awesome. Yep. All right. So here we are, starting at Luke 14, verse 1. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. Verse 7. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a, a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, 
you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks for this day. Happens to be a nice day today in the Mm. weather. And we're thankful for these small gifts. Lord, I thank you for Elaine and her willingness to give of her time and her talents uh, to have a conversation with me and that we would offer this conversation to all our listeners, that it may be of some value to them. God, we ask, we ask you now that you would grant us a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, that during this very hour, we would have our eyes and hearts and whole selves opened up to what you have to say to us and what wish what you wish for us to say to others. Equip us, Lord, as we equip the saints. And I ask this on behalf of both Elaine and I, as well as all those listening in across space and time. We ask that you would be at work in us all for the sake of your glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks again for taking the time and for reading. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, what what jumps out at you? What grabs your attention and interest today? This is a fun one, of course, kind of two parts that play off of each other. I noticed... Jesus told them a parable, and yet the parable is not is a little different than kind of a normal parable that Jesus says. It's it's when this happens when you do this, yeah. um, as opposed to a, a kind of a made up story of with other characters that you then try to kind of figure out where your role is in them. He kind of really specifically goes to um, almost instruction um, feels a little more like to me than than parable, which I mean that word parable, if I go a little testament on us, um, yeah. I mean, it's, the, it's <laughs> Hebrew mashal is, is a, a bigger word than what we think of as a little story with, you know, the way we often think of parable. Um, it can just mean a proverb, why saying, I mean, it, it kind of has a, a bigger riddle even that has a bigger, broader meaning than that. So it feels a little more of that end of the spectrum uh, of parable than maybe what we often kind of describe often, what I think of maybe as, as parable. Um, but the other thing that struck me in the first part of the story, you know, may, maybe not the teaching I kind of expect Jesus to give. Yeah. Um, come on, this is this is how you you work it yeah. for things to go better for you, um, and, and you get to get a little friend. Come on, move up here as here's move the to trick how to place. get ahead in life. <laughs> it feels a little bit like like that um, from Jesus, and yet verse eleven where it lands, those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. One of those, you know, those classic paradoxes that Jesus always is going for. And of course, that's such the picture, of course, of Christ himself. Um, And so, so that mitigates a little bit for me, this feeling of, you know, Jesus wasn't doing all of his humbling (laughs) for the purpose of of getting exalted, even though it can, you can kind of feel like it maybe reads that way. It's not for the purpose of being exalted, um, though it kind of feels that way yeah. practically as it walks out in that first part. Yeah. I mean, at least in, well, I mean, in some way these are connected 
your two observations are importantly connected mm-hmm. because that could be a reason why it's being referred to as a parable. I mean, you can even mm-hmm. imagine Luke who would have maybe only had this in the form of the story itself. Sure. Who's introducing it. Mm-hmm. Those may be his own words. Right. Sort of saying, take this parabolically. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't, uh, there you go. don't, don't just interpret this as a straightforward instruction, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, um, of how to get ahead in life, but saying, we all know this is how things work. Mm-hmm. Now apply that in matters spiritual. I don't know. I'm, I'm nice. playing with this, especially because the last line puts it on an eschatological framework in 14. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So yes. if he means to call it a parable is to maybe say, well, if this is a parable, of the kingdom, mm-hmm. you know, and if, if, uh, and what is the phrase, uh, you know, so when your host comes, maybe has a kind of, you know, sort of vibe of, Christ, the son of man mm-hmm. coming on the angel, you know, sure, <laughs> in the clouds, right? Right. When he comes, be found uh, with look, the poor. Right. Right. So it, it resonates. Be found at that lower place. Right. Now, I don't want to mm-hmm. quickly, again, I don't want to engage in speedy mitigation. You know, as you yes. said, you're like, well, it's weird. Let's let it be weird. Yes. I, my, my mind had been actually the exact same place as you, which okay. is fun. I think, <laughs> In, or or group think possibly, uh, but <laughs> hopefully not. We hadn't talked specific, about it before. Maybe. That's true. Yeah, that's the that's the nice thing with fresh text, right? Uh, it was the uh, I was looking. Where was it? Uh, verse eight. I wanted to check. I wanted to get my little cheater book here, my Max and Mary. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Did you ever use that when you were new at Greek? Or have you been perfect at Greek your whole life? I have not been perfect at Greek my whole life, and I don't know if I ever knew about that cheat book. Uh, It's it's thicker. This is just Luke. Oh, fun. It's a thick book that just (laughs) does a little bit of analysis of the hardest parts of every verse in the New Testament. How fun. I love it. I could imagine you wouldn't want to tell your students about this. Uh, (laughs) You actually have to know a lot of Greek to even get any use out of it. I want to know about it, though. Well, actually, of course, you know, nowadays, you just it's all they analyze every word on... Yeah. Blue letter Bible. But actually what's nice here is if, if it's not in here, that means, oh, I should have known it. <laughs> so it's like, then I'm like, all right, okay. Like, I need to review that. You know? <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at Luke 14 verse eight. Mm-hmm. And I was wanting to see if that was an imperative. Bit of imperative. Do not so take. it's, 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 uh, it's an aorist subjunctive mm. because it's may. Yep. So you it's should a, not, you should shall not. not yeah. you, which I guess is that I guess I want to maybe you can give me a little refresher um, as a Greek teacher like it's been a while since would I that but would that vary from a more straightforward imperative verb is this the is the error subjunctive what you would use to say well you you wouldn't do that right as if yeah. it's he's just it's a quasi descriptive of the way that you shouldn't do you wouldn't do that would right. you almost yeah I mean I think that fall that would definitely fall under the umbrella of what a subjunctive can do. Right, I right. don't know if that's then how, but I mean, it's always, right. of course, the fun of language, right? It's got a little yeah. bit of... I mean, I wouldn't build a mountain on a, right. this molehill. But it's got a little bit of a range, so I think... But the fact that we have other things in yes. place, namely exactly. that, that the trick to just get ahead doesn't seem right. Luke is right. telling us it's a parable. Right. <laughs> right? Inviting right. us to... You know what I mean? Well, and even even if, it, even you're, if right, you're thinking weird. in the wisdom and wisdom literature and the way wisdom worked, I mean, there is always the practical level at which think Proverbs. There's just some good advice in Proverbs. Yeah. I mean, no no matter 
you know, life tends to go better when you, when you do it this way. But then there's always that, uh, uh, a deeper, both ethical and theological level. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's, um, Tremper Longman the third does that with Proverbs. Okay. The practical, the ethical, the theological. Okay. And the, it's at those deeper levels that true, that, that biblical wisdom really works. It's not just, well, you know, what can kind of make your life better, but ethically, what forms you, what, yeah. what leads you into right living. Um, and then, and then just by default, if something is defined as right living, there's a theological element of that that says, no, this is, this is, it's because of who God is and how he created us to be and live is why this is why the practical works and right. why, it, why it walks out the way it does. And so it's not, ju- I mean, sure, could anybody take, you know, seven through 10 and say, well, you know, there can be some good advice there. It's kind of a way to play, yeah. play your hand better. Um, don't get humiliated, better to be exalted. But it's when you get to 11 that you realize, okay, no, this is a, this is deeper than that. It's a bigger picture of, um, I mean, you know, all the way, it, you know, to the picture of who Christ Himself is—the the the servant who humbled Himself unto death, even death on the cross. Yeah, because you right. can take verse eleven. You know, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. You could take that as a standalone mm-hmm. kind of proverb mm-hmm. that could be seen as that at that at that practical level of yeah, this is just how the world works. It, it's really yeah. dumb mm-hmm. to like. I mean, I, I'll never forget like this. It's too long to give the context, but this special event mm-hmm. and like coming in to this like dinner afterwards. And there wasn't like assigned seating, but there was assigned seating. You know what I'm oh, saying? And, and like going in and trying to like figure out where to sit and like starting to go to sit at what I thought was the foot of the table. But then as it came in, like, you know, the, my, the boss that I was with kind of points at that chair for the the special guest and it's like and i was glad i hadn't sat yet you know like because <laughs> yeah. uh, it would have been Definitely. really embarrassing yeah to have had mm-hmm. him to come say eh, eh, get up mm-hmm. right yeah to kick me out of that chair mm-hmm. uh would have made everybody look bad would have yeah. made him look bad would have made me look you know what i mean yeah. like it would have been weird yeah. so i mean you don't have to put on a historian's hat and go into that time to recognize this oh. happens even even now yeah but having said that, then there is this ethical level yeah. that's deeper. What was the three practical, ethical, cool. theological. theological? Yeah. So yeah. then the ethical more is the yeah. kind of like, well, what? Where is my focus? Am I looking to try right. to honor myself? Right. Or am I attending to the honor of others? Yep. And then the theological level is rap- ratcheting it up even more and saying, exactly. well, what's the honor that really matters? Isn't even you know? Yep. It's the honor that comes from God and the highlight Christ's own death and resurrection yes. as the ultimate. Anyway, that was me just riffing on what yeah. you said. I don't think it actually added anything at all. No, I loved it. That was great. No, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Of course, yeah. having said that, like maybe when maybe when we come back from the break, we may want to explore a little more. There might be subtleties here in terms of the original context that might help us. I don't mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. that can be one yep. of the things we might consider. Let's. Uh, did, was, you you got your finger on a spot? Would no, you see no, another? No, I was just. I was just skimming. Um, I mean, so there's there's the the contrast, humiliated and honored, right? If you mm-hmm. move down, you're humiliated to the least important place, versus if you're moved up, you're honored. So there's just that contrast. I'm just noticing 
I mean, of course, humiliate, humiliated, humbled those, you know, mm-hmm. those connected kind of words. I mean, then then there's the whole secondary. And so, I mean, this is this is a pattern that um, I think happens a couple times in these chapters, kind of a, a secondary expansion that we're kind of sp- we, we learn somewhat the same thing mm-hmm. and yet and yet something a little different it adds to. And so then there's the the turning to the host. Yeah. And giving the instruction, um, this isn't just about what what's happening to the people that you've invited. There is something to say here to you as well. Um, and so then the contrast becomes inviting those close to you, friends, brothers, sisters, relatives, mm. or rich neighbors. What's the, what's the word there, John? What's the what's the rich twelve? Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, Gaitonas mm. plusius, yeah. Mm. Although not yep. your normal word for neighbor, so yeah. uh, gaitonas mm. could mean extended uh, your relations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? yeah. Your, so uh, the, your social circle, right? So the, the emphasis there on the rich, right? Um, yeah. But instead, when you give a banquet, uh, oh, okay, because because same thing. So then, what's the payoff? The payoff is. They're, they're going to invite you back and then you'll be repaid. You know, so you set up an, you set up an obligation. You've paid them the honor of an, of an invitation. They're going to repay you with the honor of an invitation. So we're still in kind of the honor, right. honor land. But then that's it. That's, you know, the, that's. You that's, have your reward. Right, so it's not evil. It's just, you've had exactly. your reward. That's it's, it. That's just done. And that's, you know, kind of how. You're it, living only on the practical, not on exactly. the practical, theological. Exactly. Of, of course you, of course you do that. But instead. This is who you invite, the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Yeah, that's... And you will be blessed. Yeah, that, that's making me think of things. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just saw it on your face, too. Yeah. Although they cannot repay you. Right. You will be repaid, so... Yeah, which means you're only... So he doesn't actually... I mean, yeah, okay, you're still going to get repaid, yeah. but now you're being uh, repaid by God, who mm-hmm. has a preferential option for the poor, and mm-hmm. so he... You know, now, now you're in a, you know, they're indebted to you in a way, um, but can't pay you back, Mm -hmm. which then puts you in a, an appropriate, uh, relationship to God. Right. You know? Right. Um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It it does still have the kind of basic. It does. Honor, shame, exchange kind of system in play, Uh but then also disrupts it. Mm -hmm. Uh, the second disrupts it more than the first, it seems to me. I think so. Yes. Especially because if everyone followed the second one, the first advice would no longer apply. (laughs) (laughs) Like, cause you know, if you're, if you're actually not making meals about honor Mm -hmm. games. Right. Who's saying where? Right. Who I invited and, oh. Sorry, you're you're lower on my guest list, but thanks for coming. Yeah, so it's kind of a, although it's hard, it's really really hard to, like a basic sort of honor shame, like it's it's very hard to escape. You know, it's like uh, like we joke about it. We we don't talk about honor and shame as much in the modern world. Although I think we are conditioned to more more than we, uh, I think, pay attention to. But you may be right. But we definitely we talk more about say things. We'll talk about pride, for instance, and like it's common for Christians to point out, like, yeah, pride's kind of humility's kind of a tricky virtue because, like, you know, once you have it, then you're proud of it, and then you lose it, right? So it's like, how do you, how do you work right. on it, right? Um, and that 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 parallels here a little bit. Is this kind of like, 
okay, last shall be first, first shall be last. So I'm choosing to be last so that I can be first. Right. Doesn't that mean I still care about being first? <laughs> right. Like, how do you, yeah. so, it, and so then it is, it's tricky. Like mm-hmm. how to, is it that Jesus is kind of coming along and saying that whole system is broken, reject it. Or is he kind of like f- turning it on its head within? And this is just the right kind of, that actually he's sort of as a, in a word, sanctifying it. Not approving it, but saying, saying, Mm -hmm. no, no, this is, you can look at the world this way, but you need to then look at it through God's eyes rather than, you know, through just what will get you ahead. Right. Um, But that the basic language and paradigm and logic, sure, it applies, but Mm -hmm. you're applying it on too narrow of a scale. Right. If you zoom out on a cosmic scale, then you'll play your hand totally different. Right. Maybe. Which is why I'm like, if I'm Luke, yeah, I'm going to call it a parable at the beginning too. <laughs> so it's like, this is a parable, guys. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> don't don't take it too literally. Right. You know? Exactly. There's there's something to learn here, and yet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's. Uh, we're already digging in, but we'll keep digging in more and see where it goes. Fun. And we're back. So I'm here with my guest, uh, Elaine Bernius, and we're looking at Luke chapter 14, verse 1, and then 7 through 14, um, when Jesus is at this uh, meal on the Sabbath and then tells this little this little parable, this little, uh, how do you say the word properly? A mashal. Mashal. Mm-hmm. Mashal. Something that kind of, uh, an aphorism, a teaching that's... Uh, Playful or has a riddle to it. It's not straightforward. Slant teaching, as it were. <laughs> so I, I wanted to just bring this up just for fun, and we okay. may go nowhere with it. Okay. But the statement in 11, the one who exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. There is a, 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 a loose parallel in Matthew. I've got my synopsis okay. out here. Okay. So it's Matthew 23, verse 12. You don't have to go there, although you can if you want. You seem to want to. <laughs> I, I go. And it's uh, – I didn't mark this up, but I'm going to do it right now. Get my red out here. But it's uh, – yeah, all who – yeah, it's slightly different. It's 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 exalts, mm-hmm. but a slightly different uh, verb. Himself, that's the mm-hmm. same, mm-hmm. Uh, will be humbled. Mm-hmm. Same word. Yep. And whosoever, it's more the whosoever yeah. rather than mm-hmm. all, whosoever humbles himself. There you go. It's almost identical. Yeah. So that's interesting to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is to you. It is, of course. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe not to any of our listeners, but you and I can geek out about this. But that's a standalone saying. What's the context in 23? That's Jerusalem, uh, right? Yeah. And so it's right before. Around the seven woes, we're we're around the we're around the the woes in in Luke too, right? Woes are way in another place. So in Luke, yeah, yeah, okay. So that's right. So this is different context. um, He sticks it in. So talking about the teacher of the laws and the Pharisees um, and their and their hypocrisy. Nice. Okay. Well, we got Pharisees here. Yeah. So it's at he's at a meal with a Pharisee, right? Mm -hmm. You know, just how how they how they amp up everything their phylacteries are wider their tassels are longer (laughs) (laughs) um they they love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue so that you know you can move you can move the 
the function. Luke, Luke's kind of locating it more in the meal context. Right. Mm-hmm. Matthew moving it into synagogue context, Banquet, which totally fits Matthew, right? Yep, in the marketplace. <laughs> they and, and have people call them rabbi. They love that, you know, that's what Pharisees like. But you you are not to be called rabbi. For you have only one master and you are all brothers. Well, this is a classic mm. like double tradition difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, for our listeners, double tradition is a for those of us who uh, don't want to use a word like Q just because it's an imaginary document that no one's ever seen. Uh, but it's, it's, it's the, it's a, it's an understandable conclusion from a sheer observation that there's stuff that's only in Luke and Matthew that's not in Mark. And that's interesting. So sometimes we just call it the double, double tradition. I don't know what you, do you use that language? The double and the triple? Ever? Yeah. I switched to that a few years ago. It was helpful. Yeah, just I like to that. kind of avoid the cued talk. Not that I'm opposed right. to it. It's no. just it's distracting. Yes, yes. So my there was a sign in our grad school. The New Testament professor there was a sign up. Um, Doctor New Testament professor has lost his copy of Q. If you find it, please return it to him. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that, was, that was hanging in the in a room for that's great for That's years, great. You know, for a whole school year. But the the you know one of the things that. And this is, you know, chime in with however you like with this. But I mean, one of the features of the double tradition is it seems to be sayings, right? And they seem mm-hmm. to be in some kind of loose order that ha- it has a kind of collection of sayings vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And then you see Matthew and Luke making different choices about where to stick these sayings into Mark's kind of narrative structure. And so here's a classic case of Luke kind of leaving it he's got it with some other stories here and then moving on and you got the parable mm-hmm. of the great supper coming up. So mm-hmm. he kind of locates it in this meal theme. Whereas, and Matthew, one of the features of Matthew's, uh, he tends to collect together a lot more things right. that, you know, you get the whole sermon on the Mount and yeah. half of that stuff is spread out over the whole book of Luke. Right. So these are things that I know, you know, but our audience no, might not. It's so, helpful. No, it's helpful. I mean, reviewing it briefly. Reminding those things. Absolutely. What I did not see coming was, Luke, who has more meal stories than any other gospel writer. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yes, know that. so he has a kind of meal theme, meal okay. motif. Nice. Including this particular meal that doesn't appear in Matthew. Because the rest of this story is not a Matthew, right. just that one line. I hope right. that was clear. Yes. And whereas Matthew's kind of locating it in synagogue context, conflict with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Again, much more emphasis on right. that Pharisee conflict. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Pharisees don't come off looking as awful in Luke, Luke. as they do in Matthew, um, which is interesting. Well, he, he's eating at the house of a Pharisee at this yeah. moment, right? Yeah. And and the, and the exchange here, I, I, I don't feel that the exchange is a, is a tense one um, necessarily. Um, maybe the, maybe what the part we didn't, we're not doing here today, two and two through six is there's, everybody gets quiet. Nobody knows, quite knows what to say, but, but here, you know, when he's just kind of giving this advice, it feels almost friendly advice, um, even turning to his host, um, and then how someone's going to respond in verse 15. It doesn't feel conflictual. Yeah. A few weeks or it might've been months back now we were studying this passage where these Pharisees come and warn Jesus about the Herodians trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Only Peter's and Luke. It's like, you have these recurring moments where the Pharisees are, are slightly more, you should, I could say round, right? They're very flat characters in Matthew. Like they're just the bad guys. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just the foil for, for yeah. what Jesus is going to say. Yeah. And, and you can definitely get the vibe that there's something's going down in the synagogue for Matthew's, you know, audience, right? Mm-hmm. They're probably experiencing the beginnings of 
the the rift yeah. uh, between uh, Christians and Jews within the synagogues. Christianity starts out right. in the synagogue, right? So they want the highest places in the synagogue. That's really interesting. Yeah, yes. that that line does not appear in in Luke. So you get that. Yes. I don't know. I just find that really fascinating. So then, but that invites me again, like, I don't want to just disappear into the Matthew Luke relationship, but as a, as a resource to come back to this text to help us kind of hone, what is Luke really wanting to draw our attention to? And one of the things that I'm immediately thinking of is that his focus here is not on kind of religious stuff, right? It's on actual everyday interaction and specifically the... This list of people who to invite. Yes, yes. Oh, you got excited. I wanted to come back to that. Yes. yes. Yeah. So what were you thinking about that? A couple of things um, I, I was just thinking of as um, when when you think about the first part where it says when you come in, you know, kind of look around and pick this, you know, pick a strategic seat so that you get moved up and not down. Um, and then I think about particularly the crippled, the mm-hmm. lame. And the blind don't even have the option or the function, the, the ability to to choose their seat. I mean, the crippled and the lame will be you sit replaced. Where you're placed. The blind won't be able to to see. Yeah, as you know, the seat. And so there's there's even that you, we were talking about flipping it on its head. They can't even play that game. They can't even play the so game. So the game's just been taken out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was well, the first thing that struck me with that with that list. The poor. Um, I don't. I don't know if that. If I if I can think of a connection that fits exactly the same way for me there. They don't know. Maybe they've never been in a context to realize yeah, right. there's a game it's, to play. You yeah. Know, it's the, or, it's yeah. that standard it kind of that. class dynamic. Yeah. They're not a part of the class to even know which seat's the good seat. No. I mean, it was. I mean, not that I'm. Uh, poor, but I'm. Uh, uh, there was definitely some class and culture stuff in that story from earlier, where I didn't know which one was the head of the table. I knew there was a head of the table, and I knew right. I wasn't supposed to sit there, but I couldn't figure out which one it was. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Just because yeah. the way the la- the room was laid out, sure. you know, sure, because it was just foreign to me. So that can happen. That, that can be a culture thing. That can be a class thing. And even still, like the poor, yeah, like where you know, where do you sit at a dinner? <laughs> yeah, this isn't mm-hmm. something. They're used to. No, I think that's the the right instinct. And even the poor, if it's if it's being used in the kind of radical way it tends to be, and Luke, who's very serious and literal, but I mean, this is beggars. Yes, this is yes. those who are, you know, kind of placed somewhere. There's that uh, the story of Lazarus and the rich man, mm-hmm. uh, which again only in Luke. It uses the phrase. I just noticed this. I was studying it a couple weeks ago, and uses the phrase that he was placed at his. At the rich man's gate. Mm. He was placed yeah. there. So it's not he chose to sit there. That's where somebody put him yep. to shame the rich man into taking care of him, obviously, mm-hmm. right? Like this was uh, – and you get this – you can see it throughout the New Testament. The the, the old man uh, in John 5 who can't get up, He's not, he doesn't have a good spot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so this is like this recurring – again, I think yeah. it would just be a kind of a cultural – fact of just kind of the poor kind of go where they're kind of told to sit, you know? Sure. Well, Um, and, and, you know, not that we have to think of these as distinct categories, right? Because if you're crippled, lame, blind, you're also probably among the poor. I mean, there's, there's overlap in all of these. Yeah. I immediately think the, especially 14, uh, 
and you will be blessed. Makarios, right? Blessed are the poor, right? Yes. Not poor in spirit right. in Luke, just so poor. Right. Just blessed are the poor in Luke, yes. And also the Luke 4 quotation from Isaiah, right? The the um, the poor have good news preached to them, the lame walk, well, the right? Yes, exactly. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's some important kind of Lucan themes here. Definitely. Well, and that same list is about to come up again. Not that we'll go into 15 through, right? But it's the same group that gets invited when everyone says, I don't, I can't come to the banquet. Yes. And then it says, go out and bring, this is, so this is down in 21, bring the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Same. Oh, is it? Oh, that's awesome. Grouping different, slightly different. Uh, I don't think that matters probably the order. Um and they're the yeah, ones who come. We're not even doing that text next week, so we can look into it all you want. Yeah. That's great. And then go even farther. There's still room. So go even farther. Go out into the roads and the country, la- you know, the country Highways and hedges and compel them, compel them to come, to come in, yeah. which means strangers, right? That's right. the kind of. Right. That's the Gentiles. Yeah, anyone probably, who's passing. Right? Yeah, right. right. Anybody who's passing by on the road. And so that's, yes. You mentioned, well, I don't. Let's not go off the list yet. Did you did you have anything else you wanted to hit on on that list that you had said that one? No, nah, there was the the. I think it was just the kind of the inaugural inaugural dress from Luke for you know like yes. thinking of that and that as a Lucan theme and this focus on solidarity with the poor is just such a strong theme. It's not absent from the other gospels, but it's just not. it's accentuated in Luke yes, and the, you have more the of it in Luke. The marginalized, absolutely. Luke potentially the. Potentially the Gentile author himself, right? Yeah. Who maybe himself is on is is on that spectrum in some way. On the spectrum, on the Gentile uh, on, spectrum, on, 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 on the on the outcast marginalized yeah, no, spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you know that's broad. That is broad, and he and he. That's so funny, it. and for me, it's always to me, it's what's iron. I think that's probably true in some sense, although I don't know. I'm increasingly wondering if he's just a, a just a very well Hellenized Jew. To potentially, sure, yeah. yeah, but uh, I mean, clearly, he doesn't think in Hebrew, you know, so he, he does it, but that's the point is a you know, uh, you know, right. a, a Hebrew file like yourself yeah. may immediately think the way that Palestinian Jews would have thought of a guy like Luke, even if uh, he was a Jew, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's not a real Jew, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of those kind yeah. of Jews, right? Yeah, absolutely. so even if he wasn't, even if he was Jewish, look at that, yeah. he still would have been uh, perceived as, as a ethnic traitor right probably but i wonder if he was wealthy i've always assumed i guess that he was yeah me too yeah i've always i mean he he can travel around with paul yeah um and his education he's the by just the head and shoulders best writer in the new testament clearly or should i say there are i mean there's some great writers i mean paul's a Paul's a Yiddish, as someone pointed out one time. <laughs> I, you told you, yeah, me that, yeah. and I love it. You know, so, I mean, he's a genius. Oh. Wrong. Hebrews is amazing. Revelation's amazing. John's amazing in another weird way, yeah. not not in an educated way, but in mm-hmm. a brilliant way. But, like, in terms of just, like, if you've, as you have, if you've read outside the New Testament, you've read some classic literature, you're like, oh, well, this guy clearly went to school, <laughs> and the others didn't, right? It's, like, really obvious, yeah. especially Mark. He's like, this guy does oh, not yeah. know how to write a correct <laughs> sentence. <laughs> 
Um, I remember Ken taught Greek using Mark in the first okay. year. Okay. And, and later it was always, I used to tease him about it because I was like, so like, did you just have this like agenda to like teach us that like the New Testament isn't always like going to follow the, the, the book? Because <laughs> it's like right away within the first two chapters, he's right. doing stuff that the book tells you you can't do. Right. Exactly. exactly. And, and he was kind of like, oh, yep, that's what I'm doing. You know, like, he's kind of like, I don't want you to have this view of Greek as this pristine language that always follows the. Yeah. Well, because, because the Greek professor that Ken and I both learned from taught us Greek according to Luke. That was the name of his Greek textbook was Greek according to Luke. Are you serious? Oh, this was a clear, like, attack on that approach, right? (laughs) Probably. Because of course Luke is, Luke does have the, just the most pristine, Mm -hmm. you know, just great Hellenic Greek. And so he wouldn't have that unless he was wealthy. Then I wonder if that means that if that's part of his sense of the solidarity, just like Matthew that. might've been a Pharisee, right? It's kind of like, this is why he's, you know, or at least a scribe. I mean, yeah. uh, he, he, he knew that world. He had those mm-hmm. temptations himself. And right. I think Luke too had these, he maybe knew what it was like to be wealthy and privileged. Mm-hmm. And so for him, it was so central to his experience of the gospel mm-hmm. was to, to see those who were that. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, you know, another thing just to highlight again, as as just because it, it's an observation you should probably make, you know, as you said, these aren't, they're, they're parables in the sense of you're allowed to invite your friends to dinners. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your brothers and sisters and relatives, you know, I mean, it goes to the, the Jesus, you know, you have to, unless you hate your mother and father, um, you know, those kinds of, kinds of statements. But it's, it's the sense that, that 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 con- what that contrast is supposed to set up for us and how we're supposed to hear that. Um, Why are you trying to make Jesus easier? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm messing with you. No, no it's a Jesus parable. Not easy. Yeah, yeah. It's a parable. Yeah, absolutely. It's a parable. Yeah. So yeah, to to hear, just like the proverbs in that regard, exactly. like to just say like they'll often. I mean, the very nature of an aphorism is its brevity, you know, right. and. Brevity means they're just inherently one-sided. Wisdom always comes in the form of, well, that's just one side of it. So part of being wise is you also know there's other sayings. Right. And you know, and wisdom is the capacity not, it's not just the knowledge of a bunch of sayings. It's knowing how to apply which saying to which when context. And how and right? read your context. Answer a fool, do not answer a fool, back to back in right. Proverbs. Right? Exactly. So wait a minute, which one am I supposed to do? Exactly. That's the question. Um, The resurrection of the righteous. We haven't hit on that yet resurrection discussion would go well within a in the house of a pharisee right? ah because, right because pharisees they're good with the, the idea of the resurrection and that it's connected to righteousness yes and the vindication of righteousness yes. right oh yeah no yeah. i didn't thought of it that way right he's kind of currying a little favor like hey you know hey pharisee you know you, right you believe in resurrection you want to be ready for that and it actually is addressed to him it is he's the man who invited the him host. which is the pharisee right. it doesn't say but it it's assuming that back to verse one. Sure. Yes. Invite the poor. Then you will be repaid in the resurrection of the just. I mean, this mm-hmm. is what, this is the passion of a Pharisee. Right. Is to be found among the resurrected just. Exactly. Right? And so you, this is how, <clears throat> this is a, this is a means to do that. Not what may be happening in the room in which we are sitting right now, which is probably full of his friends and brothers and sisters and relatives and rich neighbors. Oh, totally. I mean, he's calling them out big time. Yeah. And it's almost like, I mean, I I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss the first half of the story, but like, 
in some ways it feels like prep for the second half. Whereas <laughs> yeah. like here, because odds are, you know, Jesus is probably a relatively honored guest in this space. He's a rabbi. He's a big name, yeah. right? So he's, he's in this honored place. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like, kind of schools everybody. And you can totally see the Pharisees sitting there who's hosting him thinking like, yeah, give it to him, Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> and then he turns to the Pharisee and then boom, yeah. schools him. Right. You know, like, so, I mean, I'm not, again, the first half I think has its own lesson, but I mean, it really is that the, the, uh, cause I mean, verse 11 ends up being the kind of chiastic center. Yeah. Yeah. pivot, good word, right. Where it's like that, you could apply that to both stories. Exactly. Yeah. That phrase resurrection of justice, fun, funny, I, I believe it's the only time it appears I, I in the New Testament. I was wondering Yeah, okay. I'd have to... I, Double check, yeah. I, I've, I have definitely read every single reference to resurrection in the New Testament, <laughs> and I'm almost 100% certain that this is the only place. But the, since we're on air, I want to put a little caveat. That <laughs> just, there's the slight chance. Yeah. The, the closest thing that I can think of would be in John 5, where he talks about... Um, John 5, and there's one other place in one of the letters where there's a... Sp- explicit teaching that um and daniel too the the at the end of daniel right that there will be raised to a resurrection of life and others to a resurrection of judgment is the language in john which i think is close to the language in daniel a 13 ish or like 14 i don't know sorry old testament what do you know (laughs) but this is interesting and especially because of course the pharisees i guess had the famous line of those who don't believe in the resurrection will not share in it Mm. you know because sometimes the resurrection language is used just positively like for it's not always right. everyone's raised, some go bad, some go good. Right. It's right. sometimes right. just... Just, just the idea of the good part. Yeah. yeah. And there's moments in Paul where you wonder mm-hmm. if that's how he means it. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I'm not saying... I'm not being conclusive on that. It's just... Um, resurrection... So to f- use, this phrase is an interesting phrase. Mm-hmm. Kind of bringing this up pretty late in the pod. But this phrase of the resurrection of the just, the kind of, you know... If you want to be, you know, a part mm-hmm. of... God's new kingdom, mm-hmm. right? If you want to be on the right side of history, right. as it were, <laughs> the big history, yeah. if you want to be on the right side of the end of history, yes. <laughs> then take the side of the poor. Well, and that's, that's in, in that sense, it's defining the idea of righteousness, the idea of, of what it means to be just. Yeah. It's, it's those who do take that side, who invite these in um, and, and and I mean, do what you do at a banquet. You f- you feed them. You clothe them. You mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's not you know. It's it's doing all. If we think to you know Jesus' list of when you saw the the naked, you clothe them. When you saw the mm-hmm. hungry, when you saw the thirsty. I mean, this is what you would be doing at a banquet to the poor. To, to the poor. It's not just like how we invite people over to our house. But I mean, you would you often provided garments. So I'm mm. getting a little. I'm getting a little um, uh, into the. Why would you apologize? Sorry, anyway. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, you know, you provide garments no, for your I, guests. I you 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 provide you clean. You provide a, a you know a place for your guests to clean themselves and mm-hmm. and and bathe and anoint with oil. I mean, you would provide all of that. A good host is going to provide yeah. all of that. Um, you know, types of things. Um, you know, even if you might you know save your best wine till the end when nobody will notice it or whatever. Right. You know, you might do things like that. But you you it hospitality is right. you know. Everything I have is open to you. You, you know, I will treat you, you know, with, with all that I have. And so it's, it's, it's that, it's that kind of picture that is, that's beautiful. It's not just about, okay, you know, have them over for an hour. It's not just that they, and then not just that they can't repay you though, then, right? It means it's probably going to cost more. 
-hmm. right? It's going to take more work. Good point. For example, Mm -hmm. probably hungrier. Uh, (laughs) Right? Yeah, sure, sure. Hungrier, they're going to, yeah. 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 And so that's this picture of the idea of repayment. We're not against, Jesus isn't against the idea of being, of being repaid. It's just, it's just flipping that on its head to help us understand what that looks like. Yeah. And even though, you know, you'll have your reward kind Mm -hmm. of like you can, if you want to play that game, you'll get what you get. Yeah. Right. But the, you know, the great repayment. Yeah. The one that comes after. What I give will be greater than anything that you could find for yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Given those hospitality norms Mm -hmm. in the first century, I mean, that's what makes this for the original audience, a parable is this like, he's not, I mean, there's nothing in verse eight through 10 that wasn't just common knowledge. Sure. Would that be fair to say I would, in I Jesus would time? Yes. Right. He's not like, Oh, what a crazy idea. Take the, no, he's, he's yeah. grabbing that mm-hmm. common wisdom mm-hmm. and kind of offering it as a way to see how God works, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I say I feel like the punchline's really the 12 through 14, much more so even yeah. than the first. Mm-hmm. And at least for me, because, you know, like if I apply 8 through 10 to my life, you know, it's not really like – if I just apply it straight, it's right. kind of like, Psh, I already know how to do that. Sure. And if you don't know how to do that, great. Okay. It's a good little proverb, right? Yep. Um, if you apply it a little bit more allegorically – or morally, right? Exactly. Uh, what kind of place am I looking for mm-hmm. in this world in light of the judgment to come? You know, then it pushes in a new direction, but especially 12 through 13 right. and 15, 14 is what calls me out yeah. because I'm, I'm wealthy enough. I have people mm-hmm. over and to be honest, yeah, mm-hmm. I do kind of want people to invite me back when I have them over, yeah. you know, like yeah. that, uh, that system is not gone, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it might not be conscious. I might not think about it. I notice it when they don't, you know, like you yeah. notice it when you invite someone over and then they never invite you back and you kind of wonder like, uh, hello. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we're getting into real life. So let's take a quick break and then come back and write a sermon. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I've got my... Special special guest Elaine Vernius here, who I was very excited. You, you got thank you for like, being for double special. Special special. Well, I, feel, I asked you for abs ago, and and you did the classic uh, <laughs> college professor answer uh, after the semester, pleasure, please. <laughs> and I totally, all I, I totally respect that. And I'm so glad though that Thanks. it worked out, um, and that you got a text that you can bear. Um. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome text. Yeah, so like. Uh, Let's uh let's play with how where we might go with this. Hmm. If you were if you were preaching this Sunday or if I was preaching this Sunday and I was meeting to help you, or we can think of all of our listeners as a friend calling yeah. in and saying, Hey, John and Elaine, help us write a sermon. You know, like like it's sometimes fun to just see what might emerge. Like obviously we can't preach a whole sermon, but like what where sure. might we go with this? What's kind of your what would be your focus point or the big idea? Well, that's a great question. Um I think based upon all, I mean, all that we've said now, I'm, I'm, I'm much more interested in playing with the end 
um, and getting that picture um, for us today of what does what does that look like? Um, I I do think it it would be fun potentially to to repaint this in ways that would that would feel more true to today. Mm-hmm. I mean, so what does it look like to be the host who invites? poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and cares for them at a feast. Mm -hmm. You know, we we don't have that's that's we don't have any connection. That's not a connection point for us. Yeah, Um, at least the feast kind of context. Yeah, the the hospitality. You know, I mean, you know, this this outpouring of 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 hospitality or you know care and um. You know, so maybe maybe repaint that a little bit. I don't, I'm, I'm trying what would to be the closest. Thing I, I'm trying to think f- in our own. Yeah, I'm trying times. to figure out. Um, hmm. I mean, I, it it has to move. It has to move beyond. You know, anything that we would think of as as very superficial. Just yeah. you know, ha- having somebody over for a meal. It's it's way beyond that. Um, you know, I mean, so so caring for someone over a in a more significant way, walking yeah. with someone, I mean, you know, entering into, into life with someone and me- meeting deeper needs than just today's hunger. I mean, a feast is going to be, you know, multi days and you're going to be, okay. you know, I mean, so it's, it's more than just about, you know, I, th- I think right, yeah, you know, having the median, I mean, banquet, it's, right? yeah, I mean, it's pulling, it's pulling someone in, I mean, I think to I think to get the feel of of the weight of this, I think we have to think of it in, in weightier terms. Um, and and I, I think it's I don't think it's unfair to go beyond this text, you know, to say you know that that weightiness that it doesn't have to be a a snapshot of a single moment. It doesn't have to be a picture of a feast, but right. it's 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 we had to feel the weightiness of it. You know, I think we have to feel something longer and bigger and deeper than a passing interaction that we might equate with sitting down and having lunch with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, something's coming to mind as you say that. It's, I mean, the only thing I can, the thing that I immediately start thinking of as I was hearing you say that is employment, Mm. (laughs) like employing people, you know, like I I immediately think of um, creating meaningful work. Yeah. And I'm thinking of Ross um Hoffman who passed away years ago a few years ago now but I mean he you know leveraged his own local business and it it was he hired you know most of the folks were in transition Mm. out of uh prison and not everyone there but I mean he just was intentional and I mean he didn't do this in a willy-nilly way it was very um had a lot of people involved to make it happen and help and give people second, third, fourth chances, this kind of stuff. I don't know that that starts to come to mind as it's not identical, but Mm -hmm. at least in our modern world where people are, um, so defined and even overdefined by Mm -hmm. work Mm -hmm. and, um, exclusion from society is connected to, you know, uh, the lack of, Employment, not just money, yes. but employment. Yes. That makes you kind of part of the system. Right. And and again, just like here with Jesus, you can – he challenges the system, but from within, mm-hmm. you know? So to, to be able to leverage, you know, the, the possibilities, right, 
Um, <clears throat> I'm, I mean, I'm a part of a big bureaucratic institution. I don't have a ton of elbow room on this matter, but I'd like to sure. uh, ask the question of how I could apply this to my own life. Um, to be, yeah, I want to, it'd be fun to find the modern, even just concept word for hospitality. What, what, what does it mean to be hospitable to the poor in the modern world? And the word hospitality probably misleads because it, it, it makes think you so. think of birthday parties right. and, you know, dinner out. Yes. Eh, that's great. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a care. It, there's a, um, and even identification, solidarity. Sure. It's saying, these are my people. Right. 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 Um, yeah. <clears throat> because, and yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother aspect of this is Jesus moving from saying that these are your people to yeah. being willing to say, these are my people. Um, I definitely, um, you know, and I, I think, I think you want to hear, I think I would, I'd want, to, to be able to emphasize this idea of, of being blessed and the idea of the repayment at the resurrection of the righteous as this beauty of what is available to us through Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, all of that, you know, our, our ability, our, 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 the fact that Christ has opened up to everyone this relationship, this oneness with him. Um, is this blessing that is it, it, that is the repayment that we get to have? It's not something that we you know we're waiting for. Um, that's you know doing this is part of experiencing that um, yeah. with him and and who he is. Um, so you know I, I think a lot of times you know trying to help move that beyond because again as we've been saying this whole time the whole thing can be very can, this whole passage can feel very transactional. Right. Do this so you get this. Um, as opposed to seeing doing this is part of experiencing what it means to live the resurrected life, what yeah. it means to live the the new created life, um, bringing God's kingdom to this world every day is, is, is that that's living that experience. It's not something that gets disconnected from that Okay, do this, and then you get. I'm, I'm making hand gestures right here. Yeah, where, no, it's okay. It's okay. Where I do this on one hand, and then I get this on the other hand, and bringing those two things together, and the doing of that. I mean, I, we don't get all of that from this text. It's but in context, yeah, it's getting the. I think the bigger picture of of what I what I would want people to see this idea of blessing, living a blessed life, is not about you know, a transactional something that gets you something on the other side of doing something. Yeah. The, the blessing is found in the very doing, in the very act of aligning oneself with the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and entering God's kingdom with those who who can more easily enter into God's kingdom, Jesus tells us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, than the host at this at this party. Yeah, I mean that's the blessing. Uh, playing with the blessing is striking, right? Blessing, blessed are the poor, right? So it's saying that God has already um, elected the poor as the place of His presence. So where do you want to be found when God reveals God's self? Mm-hmm. Uh, don't you want to be in the place where God already said He was? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 Matthew twenty five, right? The sheep and the goats, right. like. 
When when did we see you? Well, you, we yeah, that's right. how you. <clears throat> that is, uh, it's that kind of Franciscan notion of, um, not just sort of like fixing poverty, but actually saying like that Christ is in the poor, mm-hmm. and it is you know a kind of almost sacramental notion mm-hmm. of the poor. Now that can be done in a way that kind of like you know uh, idealizes poverty sure. or something like that, but um, not in being aware of that danger, I think there is a clear message here to say that's who we ought to be with. I mean, I, I'm thinking of class and I think of like naming that in a sermon, I think would have some value. I think, I think it's especially one particularly important context is in a church that is becoming racially or ethnically diverse, Mm -hmm. which is a very good thing. Yes. It's very important in that context to um, not ignore a lack of class diversity, which is often the case, not always, but often the case, Mm -hmm. right? So if we're all just, hey, look, we're patting ourselves on the back because we have a variety of faces. And yet if we pause and look, and kind of wonder, wow, we're all middle-class professionals here. Interesting, right? right? right. So we're patting ourselves on the back and I'm not saying don't do it, but I'm saying recognize that sometimes class barriers can be just as hard to face. And I know I'm having a personal conviction moment as we chat right now, like Mm -hmm. of recognizing that I have this kind of bohemian tendency to slum it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I love eating at Greasy Spoon places, you know? Um, We have a lot of them in Marion. (laughs) We do. And, 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 you know, clearly that's a kind of a class difference. And yeah, but I'm calling it bohemian because it's me as a kind of middle-class person sort of entering into those spaces and finding that somehow a good, a a nice escape Mm -hmm. from, you know, uh, the bureaucratic uh, business casual culture at IWU, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's nice to get out of that. And, um, but that's not solidarity with the board. No, yeah. It 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 would need to be flipped. It's me inviting, yes. you know, maybe actually making a connection with, you know, some of the servers there that I know are some of the guys that that eat there um and welcoming them into sort of my spaces. Yes. That's a very different thing and a more challenging thing. Mm-hmm. And something I do not live to and feel convicted. Mm-hmm. To do so. And so if I was preaching about this, I would want to talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. But in the context of saying that this is actually a blessing, I like your language there. Um, yeah, the really funny things you could just title the sermon, Blessed are the Poor. Sure. And, and then kind of play then, with it. But then, and then do this text. But this weird, this text. Exactly. Yeah. I think that would be fun. It would be. And then talk about what that means mm-hmm. um, to be in proximity with the hidden blessing of God. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, because yeah. the one who exalts themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Right, and and you could even uh, um, digging into the idea of humbling oneself. I mean, you know, there are mm-hmm. there are. I think we've you've been exploring it, and I, I'm thinking about it. There are truer and falser, or more true and more false. Huh. I don't know which way, ways. Yeah, you know, well, I mean, you you talked about it earlier, right? Um, of uh, the virtue of of humility. Right, right, I get right. proud about it, and then I don't have it anymore. You know, I mean, so right. you know how how you know I mean, you know, but being really honest with ourselves, how, you know, what what does it look like to humble oneself? Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think obviously, you know, 
going to Jesus, washing his disciples' feet. I mean, but you know, I mean, it's, it's a picture of that, but I think we have a lot of word pictures, a lot of, mm-hmm. um, of those, those symbolic action type things that help us see what humility is. Yeah. I think um, you've really challenged me today. It's been really helpful to think beyond, to see the hospitality ethos of this passage as, as considerably more involved than meals and to look for those analogs now. That's really challenging. That's really good. Yeah. I feel like there's some, I don't know. I feel like there's some advocacy questions that are being raised Mm. to me about like, I mean, how many, I don't know. I I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw our university under the bus. It's just where I live. So it's what I know. Mm -hmm. So I'll mention it, but like this was years ago now. Um, but it may still be an issue. I remember and that's part of the problem is I don't know if it's still an issue. Years ago, the when there were some budget tightening days, like we have every three years or whatever, you know. <laughs> uh you know, the 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 uh housekeeping and maintenance facilities staff uh took a pay cut. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, really? Yeah. A, does that actually save as much money? As cutting my salary uh, and, oh, yeah, you could go be generous. Okay, yeah, but this isn't talking just about generosity. This is talking about solidarity. Yeah. Um, whose cause do I make my own? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm feeling some conviction to find ways to um, to advocate for them a little yes. bit more than yeah. for faculty rights, you know, sure. uh, and all the complaints that we have, you know. Uh, I don't know. These are thoughts coming to mind. No, I think that's, um, I think that's a great, a great track to try to g- get yourself thinking and in, in your own context, wherever yeah. you are, what does that, what does that potentially look like? Um, you know, what, what does that look, what, I mean, it's hard to not jump down to the next, the next spot too. And that with the great parable banquet, of the great yeah. bang, I mean, you know, what does it look like as a congregation? What does it look like as yeah. in our context, where we are, what's it going to look like for us to invite in, Right. you know, and 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 not just invite them in, but provide you know provide um, you know offer you know all that is all that is needed um, you know and I, yeah, I think that could be an ex- it could be an exciting exploration. This could be an exciting exploration passage for a church, mm-hmm. um, you know, to do some real um, um, brainstorm thinking, to do some vision casting. You know, yeah. what, how are we going to to take? Jesus's advice to the host here. Yeah. Um, and, and do that. Um, no, and and not, and not walk into the church. Ah, oh, not walk into the church as going back to the Matthew passage when he used the right. humbling, humbling and exalting, looking for the best, mm-hmm. the best seat. And how can I get, you know, but walking in, you know, what is there? Where can I serve? You right. Know, what, what is there for me to do here? How can I be of service to someone as as we're gathering? Um, and and if your if your congregation is made up of those who who are at truly different levels, then then the 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 ways and the means for that to happen are you know just even greater. Yeah. Well, this is cool. Thanks so much for talking. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Sorry we went a little over, but I started late. That was on me. Thank you. You were here on time. No. Nope. I was late. No worries. It's been, it's been great. Invite <laughs> yeah. me back. I had fun. Oh, thank you. I hope I would love to. Yeah. No, I love talking about the scriptures with you. And yeah, we didn't like sometimes it's funny. Sometimes we'll have like a whole sermon idea. We're like, here's the theme, here's the and then other times we'll like have like a bunch of different ideas. Here we were like all on topic, but they were like a bunch of different 
ways to run with it. Yeah. So um, that's fun. Yeah. And the, and the, the geeking out stuff was great. I had a blast. So thank you so much thank for you. coming. Yeah. I'll just say as we wrap up here, uh, thank you uh, to all our listeners uh, for listening in. And thank you to Elaine uh, for being the guest. And thanks to Eric Fisher for the production work that he does. I can't imagine doing this without, um, without you, Eric. And thanks to Tom Adamson for donating the theme music. And we'll say have a good breach and a great week. Bye-bye.